Does everybody know what time it is? Drool time. <laughs> That's right. It's grunt work. Humming a humming a humming a uh, clang 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 clang. <laughs> it's a frying pan. <laughs> To work on Mustangs. Girls. To buy Flow Masters. Girls. To get me watches. Girls. At red light cameras. Girls. That's all I really want, is girls. Two at a time I want girls. With new wave hairdos I want girls. I ought to whip out my grunt work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that comes to a gradual and complete stop at every red light. I'm your host, Truman, the well-established scientific consensus on the safety of vaccines man caps, and with me as always is my co-host Landon, the shots, 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 everybody man Solano. Uh, Landon, it's good to see you. I'm sorry that I ventured into rap today. Uh, Well, yeah, I think Beastie Boys kind of started out as a punk kind of rap hip-hop so i think Mm -hmm, girls mm -hmm. which is i think one of the few songs that they have uh completely (laughs) said yeah that was this was jk's (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah exactly uh that's uh i think that skews a little more in their their punk territory than Mm -hmm. uh than Mm -hmm. hip-hop but uh yeah Okay, so I'm I'm allowed in in grunt work court. I can I can do that yes. one. That's in my wheelhouse. Yes, and I listen. I don't know about our listeners, uh, as they might not even know at this point the reference you were making in our nicknames. But I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, this is that's a little uh, that's a little treat for you guys to unwrap along the way. It was a treat for me because I didn't realize until the very end of the episode when the name of the guest actress in this episode flashed on screen. That she was who she was, and really, I I don't know this particular person on site, and I'm almost wondering, wow. is it gonna be better if we don't say her name until, like, I don't know, do, do no. we, how how late into the episode do we want to get? No, we we should just we should just give it's them Jenny the prestige McCarthy. right up front. It's Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy uh, guest stars in this episode. Yes, and I knew she was on an episode. Uh, of home yeah, improvement, I had forgotten. Um, it's worth mentioning because, well, I mean, I'm gonna pause that for our our personal reflections. But but I mean, just li- little known fact though that that uh, noted medical expert Jenny McCarthy in a previous existence was actually an actress and and model. <laughs> so uh, interesting yep. to see her here, and we'll have a lot to say, I'm sure. And game um, show host. And oh, did she host a did she host a game show too? Wow, she really singled is a Renaissance out. woman. Single, I thought. Wow, I singled out was a game show. I I knew about her it. and I Chris Hardwick was, on MTV. I I th- I'm sorry. I somehow in my head, I never I never watched that. I I think I missed it age wise. And in my I knew that she was on that, but I always thought it was like some dumb sitcom that I never oh. watched. I didn't. Re- wow, singled out. Yeah, it was um, like M- the MTV generations love connection. Uh, so okay, so it's uh, it's a single person asking questions anonymously of other uh, of of other people. Kinda, I I honestly don't remember how it worked exactly. Uh, I watched it a lot, and I have no memory of like the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like there was maybe trivia and some games, and I don't I don't remember. There was a circle. I remember someone had to stand in a circle. I don't remember why or what happened if they stepped out of the circle, but uh, wait, I'm thinking of sumo wrestling. Well, I, look, honestly, I would watch. Uh, I'd watch Jenny McCarthy host sumo wrestling. I think that she would uh, probably offer uh, a lot of very cool insights to that process. <laughs> um, so yeah, that 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 happened this week in home improvement. Um, but. There were other things that happened. Am I cutting you off from some fun anecdote about something else that happened this week? Uh, if I ask you what happened, no, no, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna press pause. We we spent too much time in in Landon's personal home improvement corner last week, so um, I, I'll just say this: I installed another faucet this morning. Oh wait, wait, you were you were on a faucet installing tail right now, and Did I have you... one more to do. <laughs> Did, okay, are you what? Tell me about the gloves that you wore this time, so you didn't get a gigantic metal <laughs> splinter in your hand, right? I no, no, well, I didn't even fuck with trying to uh, to twist it out of the drain this time. I was just like, this thing's just ha- getting hacksawed right away. I'm just, I don't have the nice. time to fuck around with this. I'm not using the drain again. I'm not gonna go sell it for scrap. It's a cheap drain. I'm just cutting this thing and saving myself the time. You know, uh, like Macho Man Randy Savage in uh, the movie Spider Man, uh, you're the bone saw. That's that's you. You just go straight to the saw. Uh, wait, and, and then I have to ask one other follow up from last week. Okay. This is uh, right. Grunt Week, ho- uh, Grunt Work Housekeeping, or Grunt Week. Actually, it's where we talk about our weeks. Uh, <laughs> did you go see Greece with your mom? I think the the nation oh, is anxious right. for an answer. Uh, we did not go see it. Um, we Boo! ended up being on the <laughs> other side of town. Uh, so unfortunately did not, uh, did not get to see it. The, the other side of town, Landon, you get in the car, you make the car fly, you land at the, <laughs> at the, the movie theater. If you'd seen Greece, you would have known how easy this I would know. be. Uh, well, too bad. Too bad, everybody. Well, better better luck next week. Uh, if you watch Grease in the intervening week, please let us know. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of, I think, going to be a new theme of our podcast as we get around to the end. Well, Landon, what happened this week on Home Improvement? All right. I spent a lot of time on this one. About as much time as this episode spent recycling storylines. Yes. Here we go. So Ready? One Earth. <clears throat> Randy would have wanted it. Yes. Go on. Brad's car needs fixing. Mm-hmm. So Tim takes it to the shop mm-hmm. where, and get this, y'all, girls can fix cars too, in case you <laughs> didn't know that. Come on, the 90s. That's uh, it. Okay. Hold your applause till the end. Gr- no, okay, give me give me that line in the, in the middle there. Girls can fix cars too, y'all. It's the 90s, that's, that's what it was? Uh, girls can fix cars too, in case you didn't know that. Come on, the 90s. Oh, come on then. Girls, I thought for a second you were going with the girls can do it too, y'all. You know, you know just, just shoehorning a Chris Franz and you stop know, making sense joke. It was it. it was in my head, and I, I knew I had to fit y'all in somewhere else, and that's why it ended up in the first stanza. I see, I see. Well, you know, I, I like to just kind of unravel the, the, the mysteries and the hidden meanings in, in this uh, <laughs> epic poem that you're weaving about, about these final seasons. Um. Well, tell me, uh, tell me more about this episode. Tell me more. Tell me more, Landon. Did it have uh, a car in it? I, I will tell Did you Tim more. Did Tim get very far? As soon as you answer this question, do you want to guess that title? Ah, uh, yes, of course. Uh, so I have, uh, yeah, I have, I have three options. Two of which are going to take uh, a little bit of of supplemental explaining. Uh, <laughs> one of perfect. them. 
Well, titles. They, I know this is how. Well, well, I mean, they're relevant to an aspect of of the episode that didn't really get mentioned. Is okay. that is that uh, at one point, uh, the way that everyone finds out that Tim's mechanic is a beautiful woman uh, is when there is a uh, traffic led red light camera picture of him that gets mailed to the house. The, and and you'd think Truman, why didn't you just let us find that out in the course of the episode? You're about to find well, out. Because I should have put it in the synopsis, and uh, <laughs> I decided I don't want to spend any time on it. So. I mean, that's the appropriate attitude to have, I think. I probably would have done the same. I frequently, even when I'm writing the synopsis and I have the titles that I've written for it, sometimes I will find in the process of making the podcast that the titles only work if I have to go back and explain more stuff. So even I mess this up when it's just me doing it with myself. And I think if we go three seconds longer, this is the longest preface to a title ever, and we've done it! All right, hey, you know what? You know what? Look, we're finishing strong. We're finishing strong. My first... Option for a title. Candid okay. Camiversary. Ooh, I like that. Yes, because it's also Tim and Jill's anniversary. Wow, I required extensive setup. I, I needed a prequel <laughs> movie for I, these titles. I, listen, I failed you on that one. I gave you no context for the episode whatsoever. <laughs> I mean I mean look, it's it's a it's a trapeze artist act where both of the trapeze artists are just letting the other one fall. It's like you're going to see a snuff I just, film. I oiled my hands up so much. <laughs> Okay, okay, and that and that's that's enough. Uh, but actually, speaking <laughs> speaking of oiled up hands, my second option is Red Light District. Ooh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> right. I like uh, that. Yeah, yep, yeah. good one. It's, it, it's 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 really good. It's really good. And my last one is She Drives Me Crazy. I mm. think there's an episode named that. You're, I, oh, you know, you're driving me crazy. You're driving you're me driving nuts. me nuts. Yes. And I mean, she is kind of driving Tim's nuts crazy in a sense. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, uh, I, but you you need to take a good five seconds for an apology on that one. I, I we, we yes, you know what? Th- this is the this is the longest preamble to a title and the longest postamble to a title. Uh, I recognized as I was writing it that that was the name of another episode, but much like you, I kind of didn't want to spend that much time on it, and I felt like I peaked with Red Light District. Right, so, right. what what do you got for me? Um. All right. I mean, I want you to to put your grading cap on and get your red pen out because I need. Okay. I need a grade on this one. All right. <clears throat> Title of this week's episode is "Young at Heart." I mean, Jenny McCarthy's character is young, uh-huh. and you know, hearts. I mean, I feel like that one kind of explains itself. Ah, uh, I. I don't. I, it's their Very, anniversary. Yeah. He puts his, he puts his hand over her heart. Kinda. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. I got you. Got you. Got me there. You got me there. Uh, I'm I'm looking skeptically over the rims of my glasses, pushing them back up, and and grudgingly writing a B minus on this report card. There's enough mm, there that it should work. Um, and I guess you know I I, I don't know I I, I don't want to judge too harshly. What, <laughs> Starting now in season eight, you know I'm turning I'm turning over a new leaf at the end of the show. I'm giving long preambles to my titles, and then I'm apologizing <laughs> afterwards. Okay, well now do you now now Landon, why don't you stop my talking by telling me uh, some of the technical specs on this episode? Oh, hey, I think that's the first time in eight seasons you knew what was coming next. Well, yeah, only after I fucked it up, like, and and asked you for that before you asked me to guess the title. So some things have not changed in our last few episodes. <laughs> Season 8, episode 17 aired February 16th, 1999, directed once again by Jeffrey Nelson. 
I think he's going to be bringing us home this season uh, with a few yeah. surprise directors coming up in our Ooh. final ten episodes. Truman, David after Lynch. this, we only we, the 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 T minus ten countdown happens after this episode. I is it is it Let weird that, that sink that... in for a second? Okay, every, if, silence for a moment to think about that. <laughs> it's Everyone. it's it's kind of uh, it it is actually sort of getting to me it is actually hitting heavier than i expected it would realizing that we're we're down to almost less than double digits now yeah yeah uh it was written by bruce ferber lloyd garber and that's all i got truman how'd you feel about this episode yeah uh you know uh i i feel like my voice is going into this register a lot this season too (laughs) um i like this episode structurally uh i i think that they set something up and they they pay it off and there there are actors that appear and they say lines that are in the form of jokes and then they walk off screen you know you're the one who's been complaining so much about an episode where there is only one actor and he just kind of Fair. does a does a one man show that isn't very good uh so yeah. so again this is i think this is an episode that benefits from the weakness of some of the earlier episodes this season mm-hmm. uh in my in my assessment of it but i I do like that that Tim's behavior in this episode where he spends all this time working with this beautiful mechanic, not telling Jill that this mechanic is a woman and then is neglectful to Jill on her anniversary because he wants to spend time with this mechanic. It's that's bad. That's bad behavior. And uh, it's kind of gross and shitty to see him do that to Jill just because Mm. it's like you feel bad for Jill. What I think this episode does better than a lot of other episodes is that Tim Tim genuinely feels horrible about what happens. He shows real mm-hmm. contrition. He 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 acknowledges what he did wrong. He understands what he did wrong, and he does. And he admits it to Jill without any bravado. He he says it in kind of his most vulnerable way, and that is just a little bit more satisfying to me than if he had just done some song and dance or you yeah. know uh, written a little poem to like try and get out of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. What did you mm-hmm. think? I, I I tend to agree with that assessment. Um, generally speaking, uh, this is a very I, I find this to be an incredibly weak episode only because it's recycling everything we've seen before. I mean, this episode is girl talking episodes from seasons one through three, and <laughs> it's it it feels a little lazy. I, I'm I feel weird saying this. I'm glad. I don't think this show has enough steam to go one more season. So I, I think it's probably good they ended after this season. I okay, I, I think I think the the real divide here is that is that you say it's girl talking previous episodes in in a bad way and I just hear, oh, they're doing something like girl talk? Cool. I'm maybe maybe it's great. I, I love it. Uh no, because I mean, okay, let, let's break it down for a second. We we've yeah. seen the stoplight uh uh photo before oh, when he was driving yeah. the Healy when he wasn't supposed to. I'm falling in love with a Brit. Yeah, that's another time yeah. that he's betraying Jill's confidence when he takes he, her car out. On their anniversary at not now Sorrentino's didn't exist at the time, but oh, uh <laughs> and granted the they day. don't go to Sorrentino's here, but um <sighs> they on their anniversary, season three, when Heidi uh, Heidi wasn't introduced, but uh oh my God. Kiki Van Slash Fust, Fuster Wallen Stalin, yeah. yeah. Uh, Debbie Dunning in her first appearance uh, during that dinner that they're having Tim overactive glance is looking yes. at other women uh, while they're on their anniversary dinner 
and that's basically like combining those two episodes together with you know like just flavors of oh yeah it's the 90s and and women can do all jobs can you believe it okay which we we've seen that in a few other episodes as well I, that that is a, that is a very true assessment of what this episode is, and I think that for me it's kind of like I appreciate it in the same way that that I appreciate when you're able to use all of the kind of leftover ingredients in the fridge to make <laughs> something for dinner. Like my mom would call it refrigerator roundup, and I feel like that's really mm-hmm. what this episode is. And I admire the utility of it. Like on a on a on a technical level, I admire that they were like, Here, here's some things that we know we can do. What if we put them together? And it actually. It is serviceable. Like I don't know. I I admire. <laughs> I I admire that. I I guess I, that's that's in, that's ingenuity on the part of the writers. I, I mean, is it leftovers if it's something you've already eaten? I mean, it feels more Ooh. regurgitated <laughs> than leftover to me. Uh, all right. Well, Landon, and you've hit my uh, you've hit my weakness as you know. So I'm gonna tap out. Uh, you you win. I I agree. We're in agreement. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that, that said, you know, I, I again, I agree with everything you said in that it's, you know, it's a well-structured and as far as writing is concerned uh, episode. I mean, it the A plots and B plots flow together pretty well. And are there, is there really a B plot in this? I don't know. It's it's mostly A plot. <laughs> it, it's it's, it's I, don't I, actually, I don't think I like this episode, Sherman. <laughs> it's Brad looking confused is kind of the B plot. Yeah. That's the closest thing we get. Um. Yeah, well, well, I, you know, it's not. Look, it's definitely not an episode that I would say that I like objectively. But uh, when I look at this, it's like I don't feel like my time in our last twelve episodes or eleven episodes is being wasted. You know, it's just like this hmm. is there. There is some real, you know, conflict here. There's a real story about some real relationship shit. Even if yes, it is recycled out of chunks of other episodes from the past eight years, but. It's an episode that doesn't have multiple just kind of dumb tool time sequences to just chew up time with like, oh, here's here's two minutes yeah. of shtick about a man's kitchen and, you know, here's Tim shooting yeah. a pencil off into the sky. Like, there is there is 22 minutes worth of story in this episode. Yes. I, you know, I admire that. It's like, great. One of the last ones we get. Legitimately the lowest bar possible for a sitcom. I, they I, adequately filled their 22 minute allotment. They don't always do that. I'm, you know, I, I think that I, I think even though even though I was fonder of Home Alone the episode than than you are, I, I think it was still sort of a, a you know Joker origin story, or if that's even the word for my new level of uh, my my new the new bar. Like that's that that is the moment that I dug a hole and put the the bar down in the hole, so it's easier to clear. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I wanted to mention Jenny McCarthy up front, uh, yes. and I thought I'd I just mention it here, since the, this episode is recycling elements from uh, their you know season one and two and three. Uh, figured I should mention something we mentioned. I think it was in the first four episodes of the show. Great, uh, and this is kind of one of the few things I've been waiting all of this time to return to although i think the tone of our show has changed since i i told this story but we were younger then <laughs> i mean both literally and figuratively yeah um the jenny mccarthy is at this time 1999 maybe 1998 i would have been this w- would have been but she's the 
Remember I told you the Playboy story? Not the Sandra oh. Bullock one, but the you know, I I remember but maybe maybe one or two of our listeners hasn't listened to every episode or didn't write in their journal about yeah. our fourth episode. So maybe 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 repeat for us the story that totally hit in in 2017. <laughs> well, I'm not listen, I'm I'm older, I'm wiser. I'm not going to go into the full story. Um <clears throat> suffice it to say the 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 anecdote is like many prepubescent teenage boys, uh, those are two different things. I realize. Well, Whatever. yeah. Correcting as I'm saying, uh, there was a. This is pre-internet porn. Mm-hmm. Passed a a Playboy around and said you could take a page out if you and keep it. You know, keep the keep the magazine overnight uh, and take a page if you want. You could tear it out and keep it for yourself and then give it back. Passed the, to the, the next guy. This this was a thing that I also have been involved in. Just just so I'm out there on the limb with Landon. It's not like I'm just <laughs> thank you. You know, like this is a thing that only he did. No, this is a thing that boys do. Okay, go on. And that's gross, and it's a little weird, and not well, a healthy way to approach it. But I I mean I agree. But of of a lot of the things that teenage boys could be doing, it's like well th- this is you know it's it's really not the worst thing. But yeah, well I'm not right. But there's there's a better. I mean it's still like. I don't know. There are better ways of approaching it from a parenting standpoint, from just a cultural standpoint where you don't have to feel like you are ashamed and you're hiding something. Also, the material at which we were gawking at, uh, I think, was maybe not super healthy (laughs) in terms of establishing, uh, you know, certain ideals. It was curated by a 65-year-old man in a smoking jacket, Landon. I'm pretty sure it was pretty okay. Uh, okay, t- t- tell me, tell me this, tell me the, the the story though. So the the the, ma- the magazine's being passed around. Each guy can take one. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's save. no story. I mean, that's just kind of it. The yeah. the Jenny McCarthy comes in, in that her infamous Playboy ep- uh, issue was mm-hmm. the one that was passed around between us. So that oh. was my inner. I don't well actually I don't know if that was my introduction to Jenny McCarthy or singled out was it might have happened concurrently I'm not sure um actually let me look up when singled out was on the air um so I, I just thought you know I we've mentioned it on the show before I remember um all those years ago kind of in the back of my head going Jenny McCarthy's on this and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do a callback to this episode and <laughs> it's gonna be a long time from now so wow f- f- just saved in the in the deepest ram of your memory to, to come out at this moment I uh, I appreciate that commitment when I can't even remember from one episode to the next which segment uh, comes after the other um <laughs> now w- do you remember your experience watching this episode and seeing Jenny McCarthy and being like oh I, I recognize her? Uh, I don't. Not exactly. Uh, you know, my my brain is repainting the memory in that, um, you know, I'm watching this in primetime television, probably in the living room with my parents, and I'm sweating because I have a torn out naked picture of her upstairs. <laughs> like, that, no. that's, I don't think that's what happened, but that's what my memory is telling me now. This is, you know, never, never try to smuggle drugs anywhere. Uh, if, if you're, you know, your, <laughs> your, your, your tells might be too obvious. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's good. It, it's exciting to finally come full circle uh, on this show. Um, you know, we're we're finishing strong. What can I say? Yeah, uh, I'm looking. I'm singled out. It looks like it was ninety, ninety five to, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. So it must have been right before this episode. 
Yeah, yeah. So probably went singled out Playboy this episode. You know, uh, hang on a second. I'm just assembling an Ikea joke in my head here. Uh, recently, Senator Dianne Feinstein had to take an extended absence from the Senate because of a case of the shingles. So you could say that she was shingled out. Uh-huh. <laughs> do we want to, uh, so do we want to get, get into this episode? Do we want to dive on in? I want to bask in that. Uh, she is cousins with Melissa McCarthy. Really? They're cousins? Yeah, weird. So, wow, I mean, yeah, I would have just assumed there were multiple McCarthys, but, wow, okay. <laughs> uh, no word on whether or not she is related to the infamous Wisconsin senator, but... Oh, d- yeah, Joseph McCarthy, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I mean, he, but he was a purveyor of really dangerous misinformation who kind of contributed to a negative political climate in this country, and Jenny McCarthy, to the best of my knowledge, has never done anything like that, so I'm just going to take a gigantic sip of my Diet Coke and uh, Google her name and see what comes up. Uh, and I, I, I'm only mentioning this, and you know, I don't think people need to be identified by who they're married to, but on IMDb, she's listed as Jenny McCarthy Wahlberg, and that just got my head spinning a little bit, and oh. she's apparently married to Donnie, so there's that. <laughs> Ooh. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that, and it's just you're kind of seeing, seeing like a, an evil Voltron coming together of of personalities and ideas. Uh, <laughs> that would be an intense household for sure. I, yeah, wow, I wouldn't like that. I, I'm, I'm getting anxious just, just thinking about a day in that house. Uh, okay, I'm done with Jenny McCarthy a- until we go into her character. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done, I'm done with Jenny McCarthy too. Uh, I have been for quite some time. Um. <laughs> So, I do. Do we get into it now? Is now the time? Uh, yes. Let's round them up. Round them up. Ring a ding a ding dong. Get it. Mm. Get the doggies in the pan. You didn't, you didn't write one. You, you, for, you <laughs> forgot to write one. We're gonna we're gonna hooping and hollering the the, the hooping and hollering. The, Cattle till the cows come home in the deep dive. It's it's, it's hooting. It's hooting and hollering. Hooping and hollering is playing basketball and, and yelling as you do it. Don't you play basketball that way? I am I am I am wailing in pain every moment that I'm playing basketball. Why am uh, I bad at this? Why does the ball not go in? Oh. God almighty. Uh, Okay, Heidi is dressed as a cow person, and (laughs) I mean, (laughs) not a mutant cow hybrid. She's dressed like a... (laughs) Like she's on the ranch. Jesus fucking Christ. The, the, Truman, the cow, kick us off. The, 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 the mutant cow person also uh, screaming constantly in pain um, and cursing their own existence. It's it's Cronenberg week here on uh, on Tool Time. Uh, no, sadly, uh, it is not that. It is cowboy Heidi with a lasso and the grunt creep hanging from a rope, and she introduces that it's... Uh, I don't know. I guess it's Western Week on Tool Time, or do they even really explain it? Tim and Al come out uh, in cowboy garb, Al wearing a particular cowboy hat, once again calling back to something we loved from an earlier season. Uh, and they're this week they're going to talk about rodeo on Tool Time for some reason, and uh, a child rodeo star comes out and does some rope tricks, and Tim is really a dick to the kid, and then Tim does some really <laughs> impressive rope tricks and is vindicated in being mean to a child. <clears throat> Okay, lots of things to comment on here. Yep, yep. But I have a very important first question. Okay. Uh, actually, 
it's it's not more important than talking about Hattie. I just want to earmark yes. that. Uh, yes. But um, question is belt buckles. I, look, I I didn't really even notice belt buckles because I was mostly entranced by the return of Hattie, uh, Al's <laughs> infamously huge cowboy yeah. hat, just unusually tall uh, that I have. Uh, I, I commented I'm just on asking the occasion to be eat nachos from. Yes, generally, how do you feel about belt buckles? I mean, I respect their function uh, in keeping pants aloft, but I don't have... But like, they don't, the, though. That's the thing. They they offer no more support than a belt does. It's pure decoration. Oh, it's just... it's just There's not even, like, a clasp thing behind all of that ornate Correct. stuff. Yeah, it you just slide goes, it on your belt, and usually there's, like, a little peg to put it into one of your belt holes to keep it snug. Uh, I... I never realized that they were detachable like that. I thought that they mm-hmm. came with the whole belt and it was a flirt. Well, okay, so it's like it's like jewelry. It's like jewelry for yeah. men that goes like right right by your dick. Um, that's wow, but not dick jewelry. That's that's a different. That's a different. Thing. That's true. That's that's true. I, between learning this and learning that Jenny McCarthy is married to a Wahlberg, I have had my mind just expanded so much by this one episode. So I, no, I've never I've never messed with belt buckles. Have you? I, have you buckled? <clears throat> I, I unfortunately have had too big of a stomach to ever really make use of one. So, um, but I I've, I have interest. I would I would try out a belt buckle, uh, and I'm getting there. I'm I'm almost. I'm almost to the like belt buckle point uh, in my my health journey, but that's um, the congratulations and thanks. But yeah, yeah, I, I've I've always associated them with like I, just because my grandpa wore them a lot and he was mm-hmm. a truck driver, so mm-hmm. like I, I kind of I, f- I would feel a little bit like a phony in like like I think you need to like get a scar from a bar brawl before you can authentically pull off a belt buckle. I, I mean, I mean, that's not, there's harder things out there than that. I think, I mean, you've already gotten a scar from trying to replace a sink uh, faucet. So I, I think you could get a, you know, scar in a bar brawl fairly easily. What would you, what would you, what would be on your belt buckle though? Um, That's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, you, yeah, you see like American flags a lot, you know, don't mess with Texas. Uh, I think I inherit. I'd have to go look in the other room. I think the belt buckle I inherited from my grandpa was a Jack Daniels belt buckle. Oh, okay, be, okay. I would probably try that one out. Um, otherwise, I would, you know, just search online and find some sort of like Lovecraftian one, <laughs> or, or like one with like an an outline outline of David Byrne's big suit on it, or or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I know that that doesn't feel like it mixes. Exactly. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. if anything, I would have to go with like David Byrne with his knee up on the fender on the cover of True Stories. Okay, actually, that is that is straight up cowboy stuff right there. So it kind of it kind of fits the mood a little more. Yeah. Um. What what belt buckles are are Tim and Al wearing? I didn't even I didn't even notice them. Uh, I don't think we ever get close enough to really see. Tim is just wearing a, a black belt. With okay, Tim is wearing all black, like he's Zed Dalton from County Line No Fear. <laughs> uh, yes, S- sadly he doesn't get headbutted so hard that he <laughs> drops out of the movie. Um, but he's just wearing a black belt with uh, a pretty standard big buckle on it. The kid's wearing the biggest buckle of them all, uh, and Al's got a. Um, 
he's got a matching round belt buckle with a bolo tie. So, mm. and the bolo tie is hard to see because it blends in with his flannel. <laughs> a camouflage bolo. Also, I think the kid's belt buckle is more of an optical illusion. It's not that it's the biggest belt buckle. It's just the smallest person. So by volume <laughs> of body coverage, it's a bigger. I, no, his bigger. is pretty. I, he's standing next to Al here, and I'm I'm comparing him, and it looks like he's wearing the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship belt. Mm, you, yeah. Well, what, I guess one would hope that that belt buckle would be bigger than other ones. Um. Wow, I mean, I th- this is uh, this is, I mean, do you, do you, are you looking at getting into hats too? I mean, has Hattie I'm not gonna inspired lie. you? I've I've thought about it. I yeah. I just on a whim at a, a backyard barbecue one year at a, not a, not for an entire year, just one day. But uh, <laughs> it's like wearing black in mourning after someone dies. <laughs> Title of my memoir: My Cowboy Hat Year. Uh, <laughs> I I put one on just as a gag for a. a photo and i actually looked pretty good in it and i thought well you know maybe 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 there's a world out there where we're another universe in the multiverse where landon wears cowboy hats and belt buckles (laughs) you know you you're the guy who goes to westworld not because you want to have a cowboy type theme park adventure but you you just want to like you want to test out hats and belt buckles and see if you can make them work in a socially acceptable (laughs) setting yes but my kink is i want to make sure that uh you know there's a chance of dying while doing it yep these violent delights have violent ends man what can i say um so i think that I think that this is Tim's maybe most maniacal. Uh, or I don't know if maniacal is the word. Like, clearly, he's set up to be a villain because they have him coming out all in black. And yeah. they have this little kid who is, not little kid, this boy who is, you know, uh, a rodeo champion, clearly a real-life rodeo champion uh, who, for some reason, has gotten to be on home improvement. I, and he, the kid is, like, so nice and so polite in the way that little southern kids are. Just, yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. No, sir. Yep. And just and, and he does all these really impressive rope tricks. And Tim just the whole time is going, like, oh, you're not a real cowboy. I thought we were getting a, a real pro. Like, uh, where's the – when the boy first comes out, Tim is like, where's the rest of you? He, and he's he's putting on the, you know, southern, southern twain affectation the entire time. Yeah. And so he, he's, he does all this and then – like, at one point, he mocks the name of the kid's dog. The kid mentions his hunting dog, Wiley, and Tim is like, Wiley? Uh, and and so then, after the boy does a bunch of impressive rope tricks, Tim says, oh, I could, I bet you I can do better than that. And Al sets us up with like, oh, I bet he's going to, you know, he, oh, oh, I, I apologize in advance for what's about to happen. And instead, we get all these cuts back and forth with, you know, a clearly a, a stuntman wearing a, a black hat masking his face from above doing all these impressive yeah. rope tricks that are think, then intercut. Uh, yeah, think Randy's uh, uh, dance floor for his birthday yeah. party. <laughs> you know, Again, but, a gag we've used before. Okay, and now the Randy's dance floor bit is, like, funny because it's like, yes, they're making kind of light of the fact that it's a stuntman, but also within yep. the reality of the show, it's just Tim is secretly great at breakdancing and only <laughs> we get to see it, and that's fun. Here, yep. even though it is obviously a stuntman, within the reality of the show, I mean, we get cut-ins of Tim, like, jumping through his own rope and everything, and afterwards everyone is stunned and applauds. In the reality of the show, it's just Tim Tim stepped to a little kid for no reason, This who is being the most polite little gentleman, and then is and and then and then wows the crowd with his tricks like the bad guys win. <laughs> <laughs> this is the the county line no fear alternate ending. I I mean 
if they'd settled more of their problems with rope trick uh, competitions than violence, I think a lot of people would still be alive. That guy's dad, who owns the yeah. baseball stadium, yeah. uh, some Prattlers probably. I um, mean, we do talk about Tim's missing dad in this. Are you suggesting that he, <laughs> he oh, man. killed him for the watch? I, I guess, yeah, and they're installing all the new red light cameras because uh, Royal Oak has an inexperienced sheriff and there's a crime wave going on. All it's the, all, all it the all... red light cameras is just one sheriff going around shooting a, a rifle with little camera tranquilizers on it. I, I mean, that's that's county justice, and it's it's coming to <laughs> Michigan. Um, I, yeah, it's it's just it's also. I don't know. We talked last week about how you wish there were first aid tips yeah. on, you know, if, they, if first aid instructional information for for people who injure themselves on jobs, and how strange it's been that we haven't gotten that. Add add rope tricks to yet another kind of uh, <laughs> right, not not really relevant thing that we're getting on this show. Yeah, not even a little bit. And the funny thing is, like Tim doesn't. Okay. Oh, Truman, this this episode really peeled back a theory. This right in the last stretch here, we're we're getting more evidence and some of the most compelling evidence for some of our theories that we haven't talked about in seasons. All again, stuff getting recycled from the past. So, I guess I want to I want to earmark this whole tool time thing for when we get to a very specific moment a little bit later from now. Uh, okay, to to revisit theory corner we haven't been there in a while it's dusty uh, yeah i know we got it got a vacuum in there uh probably got to replace the faucet it's probably deteriorated over time oh, no. so not again yeah get after it um well do you have do you have more for this scene or do you want to just come back to it when uh when theory corner is ready for us uh yeah let's just come back to it although i, I you know we didn't spend much time but you know i'm giving a, a the tool man salute to hattie yeah i mean glad that he's still around i you know it's been it's been a long time I'm one. Do you think this is the last time that we're going to see Hattie? Probably, probably. Uh, they had to bring it back. It's a character, uh, so they had to bring it back in the last season. I mean, I, I just uh, then I'm waiting on Sir Larry. I really am, man. I want them <laughs> to open that that trunk at the very at the last scene. Just him getting out of it. I uh, I do think though that Hattie is deserving of a place on the Tool Time set as as a set decoration. So oh yeah. I'm hoping maybe maybe it'll pop up there um, in the last couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can dream, can't we? We can. Um, uh, we get a big old bull um, doing a claymation a, bull, claymation bull butt hitting the screen, and it it flies into the void. It takes us yep. to the theme song. Yep, yep. It does. Uh, me and and me just just laughing uncontrollably throughout the theme song that wait so that's just it just tim is great at rope tricks that's the joke anyway i i won't talk about the <laughs> rope tricks anymore so we get home from the uh from the opening credits we come back yes. and uh yes. it's jill and the boys in a picture of domestic bliss sitting around the uh the breakfast table reading the newspaper and talking about uh current events and goings on of the day and uh then uh, from this, we find out that uh, Tim and Jill's anniversary is coming up, and Tim doesn't really know about it, but Jill subtly reminds him. Yes. You Are you ready for my uh, completely mundane note on this scene? I mean, the mundane notes are my favorite ones. Go for it. Well, you once called my a note of mine, <laughs> what was it, beige in a sea of mayo? 
Yes, I actually, okay. I, I did, but I love mayonnaise, and uh, a, a lot of my walls are beige. All right, here we go. It's a soothing um, color. I like in that, just like a real family, it seems like everyone in the family has their assigned place, the unspoken assigned place at the table. Uh, and another sitcom, you would never block a scene with someone's back to the camera, but Mark is sitting with his back to the camera at the, <laughs> the dining room table. Uh, Brad is across from him. Jill is at the head of the table nearest the phone. And Tim's seat is empty. And it's I like that they they are more concerned about this feeling like a real family and putting Mark in his you know assigned place rather than having him blocked by where Tim is sitting and it being Tim's seat. So I don't know that just felt very real to me. You know, I gotta admit that that is I hadn't considered it, but that is the sort of thing that only makes sense if you are really trying to maintain a realistic, you know, atmosphere. Because like I would never. If my dad is home, I would never sit in that chair at the dinner table, even if he's, like, not in the room and I was just eating something there alone. Yet, or, like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, or maybe, or, or I, I, yeah, it's these, it's these little moments of kind of, like, realistic family dynamics that the show, uh, the show brings back. I don't think that yeah. that's, I don't think that that's mayo in a sea of taupe, man. I, I think that's, uh, I don't know, I think there's a little Dijon to that, frankly. Oh, okay, all right. It's got a little, little yellow in it. Yeah, well, yeah, Brown, brownish yellow. Uh, yeah, well, the more the more you describe mustard, the the less it sounds like a compliment. Uh, so th- this episode also brings back something from very recently for us, where uh, mm-hmm. they are reading the paper, and uh, there is a new French restaurant opening in in Royal Oak, and Jill is yep. talking about how great it's going to be that they won't have to keep going to Sorrentino's, where the waiter is so mean. And uh, it, like, it, I felt there are other so, restaurants in the town. Is this the is Sorrentino's like the only restaurant in this wasteland outside of this home improvement of their house? Well, there are other restaurants, but it's just it's either it's either the diner where Dolores works and occasionally mm-hmm. glares at you, or it's uh, what is what is the bar? Is it Harry's? No, Harry's is the hardware store. What's yeah. the bar that serves the stinky? Big Mike's. Big Mike's or Big Mike's Tavern, and and Tim has taken Jill there for numerous romantic evenings. True, so I think yeah. I think it would be front page news uh, that uh, that there's a new place opening up in town. Yeah, but I, I'm I mean I'm more like talking from Jill's perspective where she's like, thank God we don't have to keep going to Sorrentino's. It's like no, you didn't have to in the first place. You could no. you could literally go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I guess that's uh I guess that's true. There must have been maybe they just had some kind of really good coupons or something that uh that 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 kept them that, coming back. It definitely does sound like a I don't know, a 90s Michigan thing or at least a my mom thing. I I mean, we 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 would get pizzas from from this place that was aggressively mediocre because they gave us a $3 off coupon with every receipt. Like so <laughs> it was like we were locked into their Ponzi scheme and we couldn't get out. Yeah, yeah. Menards is doing that right now. Eleven percent rebate on everything you buy in the store. Uh, can you can you buy pizza at Menards? Uh, yes, you can. Wow, I, okay. Pizza. Wow, that's uh, that's uh, that's a handy place. Well, this episode brought to you by Menards. I hope to one day visit. Um, it's conservative. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, I I hope to one day boycott. Uh, <laughs> I. 
I mean, did you feel did you feel seen? Did you feel validated by them talking about the same shit that we've said about Sorrentino's time and again? <laughs> uh, I what I found interesting, and uh, this is okay. Because Jill talks about the snooty waiter Antonio, the fact that mm-hmm. she knows him by name is interesting. Um, yeah. I okay. The, the I guess we'll just spoil later because it's a note worth making now. Uh, they go to a they go to a restaurant, a different restaurant, this French restaurant, and Antonio's yeah. working there. And yeah, um, to me, it's it's an example of the writers kind of getting a little too high on their own supply mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of like oh we wrote this character that's a fan favorite so we're gonna call it out that you know people people like his snootiness and we're gonna make our characters not like his snootiness and then he's gonna come back unexpectedly and be snooty and he used to be one of my favorite walk-on actors and it, i was completely cold on him this time <laughs> I, I, he does not, it seems like he shows up mainly for the strength of the cameo and not because there's anything particularly funny to say or anything that yes. he adds to the scene. Um, at and, least not the last one or two appearances he ma- he's made. And Definitely it, not it in this really, episode. It, it, it has kind of the feeling also of a, of one of those little cameos in a Marvel movie or something, because there's a lot of hype up front where Jill is talking about the waiter and getting you ready for the con. Hey, remember that waiter? Boy, it sure would be vexing if he showed up again. And then, <laughs> right. and then he finally, and then, yeah, okay, he's, he's here. The fan service has been done, but he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't. It's, <laughs> it's Elf making a Uranus joke. Oh, God. Yeah, so so also they're talking about the 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 new red light cameras that have been installed in town. There's some uh, newspaper yeah. article about this, um, uh, which Brad is reading, and he's the one that introduces it to the scene. And I mean, they 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 do they're heading towards a punchline with it, but as he's I don't know, it, it was a weird moment. I couldn't like. I couldn't track as far as the joke was concerned because Brad is reading the newspaper and then he comments on it in a way about like Big Brother watching us and he's starting to sound a little bit like Randy at a mm-hmm. moment, uh, or it, you know, um, going through it. And then it's all like Jill saying, you don't want to get a ticket, do you? And he's like, nope. And uh, which is, you know, all part of a joke, but he goes into it so deeply that I'm like, I, this doesn't feel like a joke anymore. It just feels like he's reading the newspaper and giving commentary on it. Yeah, it, it feels like he's he's becoming the Alex Jones version of uh, of Randy, basically. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like getting bent out of shape about red light cameras being installed is kind of the most most grown up man thing that a person can do. So it, it is it is sort of. <laughs> Like you know, I the, the the children do not sit around and gripe about red light cameras. It is a thing that adults do. So this is just yet another yeah. kind of signpost of adulthood as uh, as Brad grows up and gets ready to to spread his wings and fly. Now I don't remember. Uh, they certainly weren't in my area of Michigan when I was driving, and I was determined dr- I, I was driving at this time. Oh, this you were driving. Aired. Oh God. Um, but I do remember them in L.A. for a bit. I don't know if they've gotten rid of them or not, but uh, they they are controversial. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, this is going to kind of spoil uh, spoil some of my, uh, my fun facts from later in the episode. But uh, red light cameras are illegal currently in Michigan. Uh, but the uh, California... <laughs> this illegal episode in- changed everything. Yes. 
<laughs> this galvanized people against them because guys wanted to be able to tool around with their sexy mechanics uh, with complete anonymity. <laughs> Uh, but unfortunately, you can't do that in California because the California Supreme Court has ruled that red light cameras are legal here. So California listeners, uh, if you're going to be out with a mechanic who your uh, significant other doesn't know the gender of, uh, be sure to come to a complete stop every time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And don't don't touch a boob. Yeah, don't. I mean, yeah, don't don't touch. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, don't touch a boob. You know what? That's that's an official <laughs> position unless invited. <laughs> Unless invited, yeah. So, uh, you know, also Tim comes in. They talk about the upcoming anniversary. Tim does not yeah. seem super cognizant of when their anniversary is. Uh, do we want to just uh, do you want to bounce on ahead? Uh, is it? Th- yeah. Well, no. We got to mention the the Mustang. Uh, that's oh, of the, course, the Mustang. The main thing that yes. takes us through the rest of the episode. Yes. So Brad's Mustang is in the shop. He needs a mechanic. And when Tim comes in, he mentions, oh, I found you. Uh, I found you a mechanic yeah. to uh, fix your Mustang. So needs to go to the shop. Uh, it, it's making a weird noise. He can still drive it, which is why they drive later. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, he he's I think from someone on tool time uh, found a mechanic who can fix this very specific type of car. In fact, um why don't we go into this little bit of trivia? It's rare that we get a deep dive IMDb trivia on a specific episode. Mm. So let me, let me just go into this real quick and, and yeah, (laughs) get, get your elf gavel out to tell me if this is interesting or not. When Tim is grilling Alex about her car skills and knowledge, he mentions that Brad's car is a Shelby GT350 slash H, which I'm sure I said correctly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is no doubt. Which was based on Ford's 1965 slash 66 Mustang Fastback. In mm-hmm. a previous episode, Tim and Brad settled on a $4,500 purchase price. At the time the show aired, that car would have sold for $45,000 in decent condition. Uh Carol Shelby detuned 1500 Cobras for sale to Hertz, uh, a leading rental car company, which wanted to appeal to the youth market by offering rent-a-rockets. <laughs> the idea never took off uh, as the cost of mandatory insurance coverage made the car too expensive for most people. The H in gt 350 hs name denotes the Hertz connection. While having fewer horsepower than a real Shelby GT350, the car was easily capable of exceeding 100 miles per hour, and Hertz spent a lot of money repairing collision damage. <laughs> they soon <laughs> dropped the offering. Surviving examples are scarce and valuable as of 2020. Truman, at what point in that did you fall asleep? I, I embarrassingly early was kind of like, wait, wait, what are... Oh shit! What is he talking about? What what is going? Oh god! I have to think of a quip, and I haven't even really focused. Um, I th- I I really think that it's beautiful that someone out there got the brain chemicals, the good brain chemicals from writing all that. Like they did it, and they got that sense of accomplishment. Like, all right, good. That's out of the way. That's done. Could have could have gotten <laughs> just just like this segment. I well, you know. Yes, honestly, but this this at least we are we are just kind of riffing off the dome. I am assuming that this is based on a lot of scrupulous research and also it was probably carefully edited and I'm going to say the grammar is probably impeccable. 
It was much better than most things I've read on IMDb. Exactly. See, some this was a love letter someone wrote to the uh, IMDb trivia page. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of love letters, the the scene turns into a happy anniversary wrapping uh, that gets crumpled up by some hands and thrown into the next scene, which is in the garage where Tim meets Alex the mechanic. Yes, uh, and Alex the mechanic is beautiful, and uh, she is even more so when she changes out of her coveralls into beautiful lady clothes. And so this scene is basically Tim walking in and being shocked and testing her knowledge as a lady mechanic. Who? Um, he. I... <laughs> Listen, okay, we've gone eight seasons putting this show up to a, a modern lens and mm-hmm. we're it's obvious that doesn't work <laughs> yes yes i mean but we've been but we that doesn't stop us from trying it for eight years it certainly doesn't stop us that uh that that this, round hole will turn into a square eventually trust me <laughs> this does not age well at all mm-hmm. um to the point where i don't even know how to comment on it exactly yeah, you know, uh, there it's it's nothing that you haven't seen in a stand-up act or or just anywhere else. Where just Tim is Tim at first cannot comprehend that a woman would be in here fixing a car, and then begins quizzing her about every it's every single aspect of the car and its production. Kind of the kind of like a, a version of the meme, like oh, you like movies? Name every movie or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's testing her on Three Stooges knowledge uh, <sighs> instead of car knowledge. But, okay, so there's there's that whole aspect of it. But then also, she's, you know, Jenny McCarthy in 1999. And when she comes out of the bathroom, granted, it's not super revealing. You know, it is definitely meant, to, and Tim is meant to go gagagooey over it, yeah. you know? And so <laughs> yeah. there's this whole male fantasy thing going on that is hard to comment on because it's like I you know I, I don't know what you know that's kind of what Jenny McCarthy's whole shtick was is you know I'm one of the guy you know I'm I'm the blonde bombshell with a potty mouth that can hang with your you know rough uncle yeah rough uncle yeah <laughs> well <laughs> well what I the th- fuck is wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I think that I I've been in the sun all day. Oh, see, that's that's the problem, man. You gotta, you know, you, you've got to stay stay in shade before doing this show. Um, I think it's a version of the manic pixie dream girl. Uh, you know, it's 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 a Mechanic sort of pixie dream girl. <laughs> oh. Landon, uh, I just I just had a word from uh, Judge Alf. That's the funniest thing that's ever uh, been put forward on this show. Uh, and you're getting uh, you're getting promoted to be uh, oh. you know yeah to be on the superior court of uh, of Alf Court. So congratulations! Oh, Fantastic. I, Do I get a bag full of gavels? I, I mean, yes, they're they're all second rate gavels that he stole off Lance Ito. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's it, the scene. The scene is the scene. Uh, and to be to to her credit, Alex uh, answers all of his questions perfectly and has, uh, you know, has no issues uh, and no, even knowing about the Three Stooges and is totally cool with the fact that this uh, rando has walked into her shop and immediately started demeaning her <laughs> to her face. Yeah, it's it's 
I, you know, I just, I'm not the person to comment on it, but it, it's, it's, it just feels, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I just, it's, it's 1999 folks. I, the, the other, th- okay. The, the, just the other thing. And then I think we should just move on from this scene because the, okay, the horse won't get much deader is that she's wearing coveralls <laughs> and he walks in and it's, Oh, it, it's a, it's a beautiful young woman wearing coveralls. And then she walks out of the, your bathroom having changed wearing, you know, jeans and a tight top or something. Mm-hmm. And Tim has this reaction, but it's like, you could, you, you could tell she was hot before. Like she looked beautiful <laughs> I know, before. I know. I, I've, <laughs> have, he literally some... makes a noise. And I was, that, that was, it made my skin crawl so much when yeah. he made the, the noise at like, Oh boy, this is a hot one folks. <sighs> yeah. So so uh, okay. Anyway, I think Alf is gaveling that one out of session. Too. Okay, great. so uh, <laughs> thank you, Alf. Uh, it, it, so uh, Tim is suggesting that he take her for a ride to hear what the noise is in the Mustang, um, so that she can better identify it. And they go for a joy ride and stop at a stoplight real fast. And he puts his arm out to to protect her the way that instinctually people do sometimes. Yeah, and grabs a boob. Yep. Yeah, and then pats a boob. He grabs it, then pats it. Yeah. Now, now I will. It's it's not intentional, Tim. Like it's an instinctive, you know, that he's. I'm just I'm just making it clear for the context. He doesn't. This is not a thing that he's like conniving or conspiring to right. do. It is still just gross and weird and a gross weird thing to have the joke be about <laughs> yeah um also i don't like i guess i don't drive that much but i've never felt like i need to reinforce what the seat belt is doing and put an arm out <laughs> man or woman like i, I I'm, people do it to me and it's i don't like it when people do it to me <laughs> you, you don't like, like getting yeah, karate i've I'm I'm good. I don't need unsolicited touching on my chest, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's I, I I don't know what you uh, I don't I just don't know what's gained from from the arm of the person who's already in the car. Like if the either the seatbelt's going to work or it's not. I don't know, but yeah. also I've never been in a car crash and I've never I guess I've just never truly treasured anyone in the passenger seat enough to want to save their <laughs> lives. So the um, only the only, I think, excuse for doing that is when you're driving down the road, even if you have the seatbelt on, but your passenger is a brown paper bag of groceries with uh, eggs and a watermelon on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the baguettes sticking out of it are on the backside, so they won't cushion the blow if it falls <laughs> exactly. over. Exactly. So before before the, before the drive takes that turn, uh, when they're driving along, she just... Um, She's talking about how she got to be so good with cars. It's because she had four brothers growing up, and that she just was one of the guys and hung with the boys all the time. And Tim is, uh, Tim is really, I, Tim is really vibing on this and responding to this. And I, I, I'm gonna say in Tim's favor and in this show's favor, you know, uh, at least in this, this scene is not just a series of gags of him like, oh, like looking right. down her shirt or something like that. Tim is actually engaging with her as a person and having a conversation with her and like recognizing her as a person. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's not cool that the only reason that he really is able to do that is because she just says a bunch of guy stuff. But I, I just it's, calling out a good thing. I completely agree with you. And it's, 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 Nothing about Tim in this episode really bothers me, except 
the noise he made. Uh, yeah. But it's it's the writing of it that I'm like, really, this is okay. So she couldn't just be really into cars. She had to have four brothers, you know, like it just felt very, I don't know, every, the way that the things that they're connecting over, it's like, I don't fault Tim, the character. I fault the writers for making that her backstory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it could be it, literally anything else. And they're like, well, we'll just make it you know, the typical guy backstory, but the the twist is she's a girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, like, I both agree with you, but also I would point out that, that having the same number of siblings as someone else can sometimes provoke a strong bond between two people, as perhaps in our case. Uh, so <laughs> maybe, I, I don't know, maybe there is a special kinship that comes from knowing exactly what it's like to have four brothers, or at least that's what makes her... And again, part of what I like about this is that is that there is so much deeper psychology tied up, I think, in what Tim sees in her. Like, the show does not even begin to scratch the surface of it. But, like, just the fact that, oh, she she is exactly like me and beautiful uh, and a beautiful woman. Like, this is, like, my every fantasy, my, my every self-centered fantasy. And then Tim, like, I don't know, a better show or a, a show made 20 years later, Tim could go through a process of... of realizing like oh well wait i don't want to just be around someone who's like me all the time mm-hmm. i want to be around someone different who brings better things to my life and you know i'm not i'm not faulting the episode for not being that i just like that um it is an interesting thing that is kind of set up or hinted at here that doesn't really happen yeah yeah <laughs> i can't talk about things that didn't happen uh, yeah we go to the next scene and uh what I the next scene starts really exciting. I'm not gonna lie. Jill comes in just going Marty, Marty, Marty. She she's coming in from the Marty. garage and Marty's sitting at the dining room table. So it's what, your kids. What goes on there? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's well. She comes in because she's just got a, a watch for Tim. It's an it's like an antique watch that's exactly like the one that uh, Tim's dad had and that he gave to. Uh, Tim's brother Jeff and then gave to Marty and they both broke and then Tim never got to have um but so she's really excited about about the uh about the watch and you know the anniversary is coming right up it's just a few days away and Tim comes in for a second but he's just stopping off home from work before going back to the mechanic shop to continue working with Alex the mechanic on uh Brad's car and Jill and Marty just chat about how, like, oh, wow, he must really like this Alex guy. And, oh, yeah, he's, you know, normally normally Tim doesn't like mechanics, but they've been together every night this week working on the car. Um, and so they very clearly do not know that Alex is a guy. What yeah. What excited you about this? That sounds I just, weird. I, I liked, uh, A, I've, Marty is sitting there with his head down, so I didn't know it was Marty. And Jill comes in <laughs> whispering, and I didn't immediately hear her saying Marty. I just heard her coming in really excited going, Marty, Marty, Marty. And I'm like, oh, Marty's here. We're oh, Jill, we're getting a Jill and Marty scene, and there's something secret going on. I just, like, it got me really excited, all, you know, right out the gate. Just It just surprised Marty. Just a very, uh, yeah. much like the waiter at uh, Sorrentino's was teased early in this episode, this scene starts with Jill hyping up the presence of Marty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I think the, the gift she got, Tim is really cool. Uh, so yeah. I, I give her props for that. It's very thoughtful. Um, it is a literal prop. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. That, that's that's really it. Then when Tim and Brad come in, I kind of lose interest. But 
I, you know, you, you'd said earlier in your reflections that this, uh, this episode, you're, you just got the sense that this show could not possibly continue for another season. It couldn't keep going yep. just because it's out of ideas. And I agree with you, but also Marty's continued presence here, I think it's just sort of a, you know, sort of a sign of, you know, them maybe soft testing the idea of can we slot Marty in and have the show keep going, at, yeah. you know, if, if Patricia Richardson leaves. And... That does hint at something. I think they could get some more. I think they could squeeze a couple more seasons out of the show. They wouldn't be as good, but with William O'Leary and his daughters and t- like and like two men and 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 two men and two babies, basically. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that I think that he and Tim have some fun chemistry together, and that would have taken us in some new, interesting directions that this show has exhausted. But th- again, we can't talk about things that didn't happen. But that's what I think. That. <laughs> That's that's what you think. That's what you I, think. That's uh, what you think. That's what you think. Is is that is that another uh, like game show hosted by Jenny McCarthy that I didn't watch? That's what you think. <laughs> uh, maybe I was actually sorry. I I, I zoned out because I was like, you know, I don't know of all of the actors on this show. I don't know that any. One has talked to William O'Leary about uh, his time on Home Improvement. Like, I have no concept of how William O'Leary felt about being on Home Improvement. Yeah, I mean, that seems like uh, that seems like something we should investigate, maybe? Because if no one else is asking those questions, then I think we're the best qualified. Uh, only if we get to ask Black Angel questions. <laughs> I mean, that's I think that's what I'm going to that's what I'm going to lead off with. And then I'm going to work my way into some robust questioning about the ALF process. Are, and then are you OK? Can... Yeah. <laughs> Blink you, twice <laughs> if ALF is still holding you hostage, <laughs> at least emotionally. Does does he still have the gavel? Um. I don't know. Do you have anything more for that scene? Because then we get to the next scene where the ticket comes. Yeah, no, let's get... Well, uh, yeah, yeah, let's get to the ticket scene. So we we jump ahead in time to basically this is the day of their anniversary. Mm-hmm. They're going to go out for dinner. Uh, Brad and, and Mark are giving Jill flowers as an anniversary gift, and uh, then Jill gets a call from Tim. She's already in her dress. She's ready to go out to the restaurant. Tim says he's going to be late. He's staying late with Alex once again, They uh, so Jill has to change their dinner reservation to be a little later. And then while looking at the mail before she, uh, or while she's picking up the phone, she sees they've gotten a ticket from the red light camera, and it's got the picture of Tim in the car with Alex, uh, with his arm out, uh, touching her boob as they stop. Um, so, I mean, it's, again, this is, this is, I like this scene just because it's like, well, you, you set it up, and you're knocking him down. You called your shot, and you know what, this, I didn't. I knew the red light camera was going to play in in the scene with them yep. in the car. I didn't realize that the, I'd forgotten about the red light camera, and this was a fun little payoff. So, uh, episode, <laughs> my hat, my gigantic cowboy hat goes off to you. Oh, okay. Um, we get a, we do get a shot of the paper a little bit, at least some of the text, but um, definitely the two pictures. You get the license plate, and then you get the picture of the the driver and the passenger. Um. And I, I just I, I want to call out the props department, the set department. They, they're they just so well detailed on this show. Like, this is an actual – I don't know if it's an actual ticket that would have been issued to someone back in the day. But, you know, at least this paper says Royal Oak Police Department and City of Royal Oak, uh, 
blank, 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 uh, res uh, incidents and associated blank. Like, they spent the time to fill out this entire fucking thing. And it's not just a random license plate, you know, even though we, we go by it in, like, half a second. Uh, it is a Michigan license plate with a 99, uh, 1999 sticker on it. Like, this is – they went through the efforts here, <laughs> and I, I always appreciate that. Look, I, I, I would – take my hat off to most likely the uh writer's assistant who was tasked with writing up all of the <laughs> right. text for that because as a writer's assistant on shows that has been my job in the past like there's going to be a one second shot of a newspaper article with a plot relevant headline we need someone to write some of the article body copy and that has been uh that has been me and i've taken great uh great joy in trying to insert names of people i know as like you know pe witnesses <laughs> giving statements to the police or something wait um, have i have i been in a jury in a show before you mean did did i did i write you into a into the ha background yeah. of the newspaper shot yeah uh, have i if i sat in have i been a witness to something that i'm not aware of no, no, you've I've not implicated you in anything yet. So, but you you okay. better hope that my uh, that my career continues to stagnate uh, because it could happen at any time. <laughs> uh, uh, one last little detail about this. Do you want to you want to guess what the license plate? Uh, well, uh, the not, okay. The license plate. The first three letters are IBS. Yeah, that's great. That's fun. Well, wait, what what are the what are the numbers? Are there three numbers that that yeah. somehow represent Polish food? No, just five eight nine. I IBS five eight nine. Um, well, that, you know what? <laughs> Maybe five has IBS because five eight nine. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's downstairs watching a clip show of all the funny uh, five moments while it's uh, trying to deal with that. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Oh, well, also, Mark and Brad giving Jill flowers, you know, they, they, they hand them out and Jill is really touched. And then she stops and says, wait, what do you guys want? And they say, well, we just want you to keep this in mind the next time we screw something up. And she says, oh, oh, OK. And she gives them a big hug. <laughs> and it's a really it's a it's a sweet moment. It's sweet how it much she's happy to get this gift from her sons. It's sweet that they are really giving her a gift with no strings attached, but also are, are being pragmatic about it. I don't I don't I like them. I have a lot of affection for that. <laughs> Uh, agreed. However, when she opens the ticket and she's looking at it and sees, uh, the picture, you know, not of the license plate, but of Tim honking a, honking a boob, yep. um, honking a boob, <laughs> she, she gets really upset about it. And the, the transition out of this is steam coming off her head, her eyes turning into lasers and shooting the, the ticket, you know, frying it. Yeah, and yeah. It, it begins a sort of again I'm I'm pointing to the writing of this where not not her performing necessarily but the writing of Jill's perspective on this whole thing feels odd to me. It doesn't mm -hmm. I don't I don't Jill's not in the right but I don't think it's in I think it's kind of out of character for her, and I think it's more writing for the convenience of the conflict rather than writing from the character, and mm -hmm. it it feels like it weakens the character a bit. It, that it's just that it's just oh she's so mad like and that's oh boy you get in trouble with the wife if if this happened to yeah. you yeah yeah exactly it's it's uh, unfortunate in my opinion yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you do you want to do you want to go to the next scene where this thought yeah. kind of continues? Yep. So yep. yep. I just wanted to point out because this is the first incident where that that turn kind of happens. 
Yeah. So they're at the French restaurant where, you know, Jill is there. Tim arrives late. Jill is very mad at Tim. She shows him the the ticket and accuses him of, you know, having an affair. Or, I don't know, at least implies that he's having an affair. She's very upset. And Tim insists, no, she's just a, she's just a mechanic. Um, th- this sort of things cool off for a second. They exchange gifts, but then uh, Alex calls with news about Tim's repairs, and he eagerly picks up the phone and wanders all over the restaurant trying to get a good signal. He's got a very old cell phone, or, well, very new for the time, but very old for our time, cell phone. <laughs> and when he when he turns back to, to the table, Jill has uh, up and disappeared because she's pissed at him for being a huge dick. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, like uh, continues. So I think that Jill automatically going to you're having an affair is i don't know i i agree that doesn't necessarily seem characteristic of jill like totally i think i think it's weird that jill goes right to oh suspecting that tim has is knowingly pursuing an affair so much as just like from her psychology background going you there's a reason you didn't tell me about this what like what are you feeling for her why didn't you tell me that this mechanic is a woman right and you know <laughs> This also plays on the episode with the cops. You know, Tim yeah. flirts with someone to get out of something. She flirts with someone to get out of something. And there's this whole question of, you know, fidelity in the marriage and what means what. And, yeah. you know, doesn't Wilson give advice in that one that's like, well, you can be attracted to other people, but doesn't mean you want to, you know, whatever, whatever. Which I feel like is almost identical advice to what Wilson gives in this episode, which we'll get to in a minute. But yeah. Um, I, again, it just, it feels rehashy to me and I don't, and because of that, and Jill has progressed further in her psychology courses, like she doesn't outright say, I think you're having an affair and maybe, maybe it's a lack of like putting, giving context to Jill in this, like if she, she's extra stressed out or something or give her some reason to be on edge a little bit before this even occurs and that this kind of just pushes her in like a what what is it what's going on here what is this you know kind of more mm-hmm. annoyed than jealous i guess uh i don't know yeah. I, i'm not trying to rewrite it but it just something doesn't feel right about it um and and it also takes a weird tonal shift as you said where like she's she's going oh I don't, what you know what is this and then he explains and she's like oh okay okay well here okay take your gift and they're yeah. getting me my gift a fucking framed photo whatever <laughs> <laughs> but bare but, minimum effort but the effort but the effort he put into it Landon to to put the gift in a box with a lid that comes off and to not only wrap the base of the box but also wrap the lid of the box <laughs> so so she can just lift it off I'm, and then I'm and then certain- replace it. I'm certain someone at the Hallmark store did it for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even even then, it was so good of him to be considerate of the fact that they might have to do multiple takes of Jill opening her gift, and <laughs> they didn't want to mess up the wrapping paper. Um, um, but so, like, that, that back and forth is a little weird. And then when the phone rings, like, she so quickly goes back to where she was. I don't know. It's, it's just the... It doesn't... The scene doesn't escalate in a satisfying way. That that makes me believe in what's going on between the two of them. Look, it it does make sense to me that Jill leaves when Tim gets on the phone with her, and that was a moment that I was like, okay, hell yeah, Jill, this is this is my Jill because you know even if 
even if it's like I don't think that Tim is having an affair and is on the phone with his mistress in front of me, it's like this is just so blatantly wrong yes. and mean to do yeah. to someone on their an- like it at any time, but then especially to do to your wife on your anniversary, it's like that's just poor behavior. Uh, it is weird Agreed. that she she goes from like angry to then kind of just like forgiving and forgetting the whole thing, even though it has I think raised real questions about honesty in their relationship and then has to have yet another horrible thing to happen to get her to to do what she should have done in the first place yeah i I, this is the weird thing about this episode is like i'm i'm having a hard time pinpointing the the moment where it stops working for me and it's before this like at this point something about this conflict doesn't feel right to me but i can't quite identify where where it where it's misaligning i i don't know it's it's strange because you're right i mean i again i i'm also like yeah you should leave the the restaurant if he's taking a cell phone call but at the same time like give him two seconds to say hey it's okay he shouldn't answer generally like tim you a you should have your phone on silent (laughs) you're in a restaurant for god's sake Mm -hmm. uh but B, you don't need to answer every phone call that comes in. Um, but even if you are answering it, Jill, give him two seconds to say, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm I'm on a, you know, uh, it's my anniversary right now. We're out to dinner. I'll call you back later. I, I don't I, know. I mean, just the whole thing is just kind of tepid to me. She's she's given him more than two seconds. Like he pulls he pulls out the phone and launches into a long animated conversation and walks away from her yeah. at the table so he can talk to this this other woman who who he has been lying to Jill about yeah. for a week, uh, or lying by omission. I I think that I, I think that her leaving is 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 pretty uh, called for. But I think I, look here's here's on reflection on this scene. Yeah. This could have happened in season one. This could have yeah. been the fourth episode of the show. The way that this goes down is very just kind of sitcom husband and wife. And that this is coming in season eight when we know these two so well. Like Maybe that's I, it. Our, our, it's our reaction of like, well, I know Jill. That's what a stereotypical like sitcom wife would do. But what would Jill do? Like Jill yeah. would like, be upset about this but come at it in a different way from her psychological background. Yeah, that's a great way of, of putting it. Yeah, I think that's Thank that's you. very smart. This yes. this is just like a template episode that you could slot into any sitcom. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Truthfully, we, you know, it's it's reassembled from other parts of other episodes that maybe could have come from <laughs> other sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and so it's worth noting also the waiter is here. That 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 rude waiter. What's his <laughs> face? Antonio. Antonio. I, you know, and and home improvement does kind of love to do this it's it's the same bit as the very unhelpful clerk at the rental car place and the very (laughs) unhelpful guy at the you know at the gas station who is his identical twin and then there's the identical triplet who works at the stadium and i've probably said it when when we've talked about that guy too it seems like home improvement riffing on this is me sounding more cultured in tv history than i am but the the jack benny show there was this dude who every time jack benny went to any kind of store or needed help from a service industry person it would be this uh, kind of foppish guy who would go yes <laughs> and like like that that was a bit and that was a running gag and i think that was really famous because the only reason i know about it is it would keep showing up in the simpsons or you know other right. cartoons and stuff written by people who grew up watching that so it's 
it's, I guess, fun to see Home Improvement trying to honor that history of having one aggravating person do all the jobs in town and keep bedeviling your protagonist. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's yeah. I I don't I don't even begrudge it that it was just the the you know telegraphing it earlier in the episode and and feeling like I don't know, it just felt like the the writers kind of patting themselves on the back a tiny bit of like oh yeah we wrote this funny thing and get what guess what you're gonna you're gonna get the funny thing that you all love and it's mm-hmm. like well, I didn't I don't love it that much I love it when I'm... it's I don't expect it <laughs> yeah I yeah I mean these are but this is also I think. I don't know. To in in the writer's defense, I would just say I think I, I've I've read that that once a sitcom gets past three or four seasons, it stops being about doing new things and it becomes about brand management. And uh, yeah. th- this is it's 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 good brand management. They're they're doing they're doing the job. Yeah. Again, um, I, I mean, I w- well, whatever. I'm not going to rehash myself. I, like I'd be fine with him in the, uh, appearing in this episode. Just don't don't have it. Don't telegraph it at the beginning. Fair, fair points. Um, yeah, uh, I think we go to Wilson next. Uh, no, no, we're back home uh, first. Oh, I mean, you're right. Wilson the fight lives the right fight. next you're door right. to the home, but yes. yes. Uh, yeah, Jill is uh, super mad at Tim. Uh, Tim gets home where Jill has. I guess they. I guess they worked this out so there would be two cars. Like Jill drove there on her own, and Tim drove there to meet her. That, so anyway, yeah, that was the whole part. You know, pre-argument that they had over the phone because Tim was going to be working late at the shop. So, and also, yeah. okay, here, just a side note. Like this is this is the part that feels kind of weak to me. Like Tim is taking the car to a mechanic. Why is he also working at the shop? <laughs> yeah, I know. It, like, why is that not part of the fucking argument? <laughs> yeah, like the whole point of of mechanic is that they do the work for you. <laughs> yeah. If you if why are you hiring someone to do a job if you're then going to then spend all of your time there with them watching them helping them do the job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah, why Tim didn't we're talking about? <laughs> why didn't they No, that should have come up. Why didn't that That's a funnier episode is if <laughs> Tim keeps wanting to hang out with this beautiful mechanic and and is just saying, "Oh, I'm just going over to help the mechanic." And Jill going like, "Wait, why are you doing that? Why would you like that's Oh man, I wish it had been that. So that's uh brings a little more suspicion out and, you know, Tim could be a little more concealing, you know, would you say uh uh by Lying by not admission, you know. But yeah, by 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 yeah, lying by omission. Yeah, omission. Yeah, I yeah, you know. And again, I'm not trying to rewrite anything here. Although I guess very very manifestly we are. But I think the um, I I think that is that's one of those things though. That's the beauty of of movies and TV where the 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 a concept will be introduced, and if no one makes a thing of it being weird on the show or in the movie, to some extent, you will just sort of internalize it because you're distracted by following the story. Like, they just yeah. give that to you, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Tim's just helping out the mechanic, work on the car. Yeah, that's normal. I thought that was normal up until one minute ago. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they're, they're, so they're back home, and Jill is... Jill is mad at Tim for uh, for not telling her that Alex was a woman and also not telling telling her that Alex would. Well, wait, no, I guess at this point it's mainly she's just mad that Tim took the call from Alex and wanted to talk to her so much. And I don't this is the thing. I don't even really know what the argument is. I mean, she knows Tim's not going to cheat on her. So is it and they don't make clear. Is it that he lied that she's an attractive woman is it that she is trying to get Tim to admit that he's attracted to her? The 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 
Jill's side of this argument isn't very clear to me. She she has valid things to be mad about, but it's not. Yeah. It seems like in this scene, she's focusing on you took a cell phone call from another woman on our date night for our anniversary. When in reality, the issue is you've been lying to me for a week about this yeah. beautiful woman you've been spending time with. And this, it, like, let's be honest. If it was any other mechanic, Tim would still take the phone call. I mean, yes, this is true. There have been entire episodes where Tim is like Jill is worried because Tim is spending more time romancing like Smiley or Mickey or whoever the guy is at the at the uh, <laughs> junkyard to get him some car part. Um, yeah, yeah. The the cell phone call is the kind of like it's it's the cherry on top. You shouldn't be mad about the cherry. You should be you should be mad about the dishonest ice cream underneath it i hate cherries so well you're but michigan's number one export is cherries land and we learned this on this show i know why do you think i moved <laughs> but they're export they're sending the cherries out of the state that's where you'll get more cherries you should have stayed in michigan where they're sending cherries away actively oh god uh all right jill is it wilson time it's not Wilson time yet because because Tim is trying to justify the cell phone call by saying, oh, she found me a Flowmaster at half price. That's amazing. I was excited to talk to her about it. And Jill really lays into Tim, Patricia Richardson, pulling out her acting shoes and just acting like crazy, uh, d- doing this very heartfelt thing about, well, I spent a week going to 12 different antique stores to find a watch that would honor the memory of your father and this is how you treat me. And it's very, very righteous and... And you feel like even even though the thing that she's mad about or like the way that Patricia Richardson delivers these lines, it is imbued with the you, you have seriously disrespected me by not being upfront about how you've been spending your yeah. time. And I'm angry about yeah. that. Um, And uh, and she storms off. And Tim Tim's reaction is not some kind of, oh, boy, I'm in the doghouse. It's a he genuinely is hurt by it, which. Yeah. You know, yeah. Th- yeah. So it. It lands. They are selling it on the strength of these performances. Agreed. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely uh, uh, Tim. It's it's definitely a Tim. It's definitely a Tim. That's a Tim, folks. Um. Okay. Look, but but that's a Tim. But what's next is a Wilson because a oh. snowstorm transition takes us. Do we outside. go to Wilson next? We go to Wilson next. We go to our old buddy Wilson. And he's out in the backyard. He's sprinkling. Uh, he's sprinkling some lemongrass uh, on on the snow outside because it will uh, ward off a raging storm. And Tim, rather predictably, asks what the Japanese sprinkle to ward off a raging wife. And um, so uh, Tim explains what's gone on to Wilson, and Wilson uh, asks a bunch of questions that really should kind of be coming from Jill about, well, why did you? Yeah. Why did you never tell Jill that Alex was a woman? You know, why did you spend every night working on the car? If it was a, if your mechanic was a man, would you have spent all week with him? And yes, and he would. yeah, well, well, I don't know. I mean, okay, I honestly, you're right. We have seen a lot of episodes. <laughs> I mean, Tim is a guy who spends all his time hanging out at a, at a uh, hardware store. It is conceivable that he would spend. <sighs> okay, that you know what, honestly. Now let's. I'm gonna girl talk this episode in a different direction. Uh, okay. If if Tim just if there's an episode where it's just Tim makes a new male friend and starts spending all his time with him and and 
Tim just trying to trying to get his head around. Oh, why, why do I want to spend all this time with this guy? Uh, oh, what's wrong? Why do I feel so safe around him? Am I, am I gay or something? What does this mean? Like that would be um, that would be a funny episode. Just well, no, it would it would be funny no, if it were I handled I think well, it which be, it wouldn't be. Yeah, I think it would be as cringe as as the gender divide in this episode. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, fair, fair. But the the subversive twenty uh, first century take on that episode would be delicious. Um, <laughs> well, we do get we get, well, yeah, we get we get we get a very faint Lacroix level taste of that at the very end of this episode. Uh, okay, well, it's, but so to, to move us along to there, Wilson basically suggests to. Uh, to Tim that that you know it's normal to be attracted to someone else uh but it's also not great to be putting yourself in situations where you'll get tempted and Tim says that he doesn't like playing with fire unless it's on tool time so i i don't know what what do you what do you make of that end advice that you uh i'm glad you mentioned it because i don't make too much of that advice because it sounds like something wilson has said before but it reminded me of an incredibly important thing that we skipped over uh, when he first met Alex, who yeah. Alex mentions, oh, I'm a big fan of Tool Time. Mm. And she um, specifically calls out the episode where he falls off the beam into the porta potty. Yes. And Tim says, oh, yeah, I did my own stunt for that one. Uh, and, you know, kind of makes a few comments around that. And mm-hmm. so that married with this comment about playing with fire on tool time, blah, blah, blah. I think to me, it, it's saying it's all planned. Mm, mm, okay. I think tool okay. time now, and this is where I said, let's earmark the tool time episode and bring it back. Mm. My theory that tool time is a scripted show written by Tim and Al. Mm hmm. The Tool Time episode in this episode that opens this episode uh, is about something that Tim doesn't care about. (laughs) So because Tim doesn't care about rodeo stuff and it's an Al idea for an episode, Tim has written all of his lines to be dismissive of the entire concept. And it's it. But Al is the one that maybe has been pushing for a rodeo themed uh, episode maybe so that he can wear Hattie maybe mm-hmm. just to you know he's feeling that that square dancing fever again oh yeah he uh, does love square dancing I I, I think I, th- I think this might be the last evidence we need to to say that all the accidents everything that happens on the show is all carefully planned and scripted by by Tim and L. Okay, and you know what? I'll take that, but then that opens up an even stranger question, which is, what is Binford's margin in financing all of these elaborate stunts that are probably pretty expensive and technically difficult to shoot, and that only serve to reinforce the fact that their products are dangerous and their chief pitchman <laughs> is an idiot? Like, how does this help their bottom line? There, it's There's an old adage. There's no bad publicity. I mean, I guess I I guess they're testing it and I guess well, well no, there is bad publicity because they get a big very controversial write-up in the high school paper about uh dumping well, toxic about waste in the river. That, yeah, Randy wasn't supposed to be sticking his nose in that. But it, it but it's but it's 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 publicity, it, you know, well, like Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see. It it's I you can't just say there's no bad publicity and be like, "Oh, except for publicity about polluting. That is bad publicity." <laughs> 
well, I mean, Tim didn't write that part. I mean, that's that's coming from above Tim. Uh, okay, okay, but that still that still compromises your central idea, which is that anything that gets people talking about Binford is good. Okay, yes, uh, but we, we we've deviated from the idea of what happens on the show is all orchestrated. I, I can't I can't speak to the 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 environmental impact of it all uh, okay look i'm just trying i'm just trying to get you on the record uh, about uh, global warming here so we so we know where you stand uh no it, it, this this seems this seems convincing this plus the fact that there have been episodes in the past where oh you know if tim's you know there's a bit in the in the cold open where tim's you know hands inflate like big balloons because mm-hmm. he got some irritant on them and then the next scene after that is tim saying oh great great job on that prank on the show today klaus or whatever like he's talking to somebody about openly acknowledging that that was just yep. a joke they were doing and paired with an episode or two ago when tim openly admitted that everything that they do on here is special effects mm, true true and and you know, also, also the way that Tim, in one or two private moments with Al, has told him, "Hey, all that stuff I say to you on the show, being mean to you, is just goofing around." You know that, right? Like, uh, so yeah, I, I guess, um, I, man, I, I guess we we don't know what the real tool time is. We only see the, uh, <laughs> you know, we only see just Tim, layers yeah. of illusion. Tim has even admitted to to Jill that Tim the Toolman Taylor is a character he plays on TV. Mm. Wow. This show, this show is not only lapping itself, but now it's beginning to kind of look inward on itself. It, it, they've <laughs> they've used all the material they have, so now they're they're kind of just pulling the characters apart and looking at their very soul. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it's great. Very interesting, neighbor. Um, okay, so 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 Tim, based on this advice from Wilson, uh, goes to Alex's shop to tells her that to tell her that he can't work on the car with her anymore. So, I don't know. I mean, Wilson's advice that he shouldn't put himself in a situation where he'll be tempted, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's it's definitely weird and, and, and wrong that he hasn't... T- uh, and Tim admits to Wilson that, yes, this is because he's attracted to... Uh, yeah. He's attracted to Alex. That's why he's been spending all that time there. And he does it very sheepishly and is ashamed of it. So, I don't know. I mean, yes, I guess it's good doing business to not... Uh, to not continue to associate with someone who you are attracted to when you are married and have a partner who you really love. Like, you know, you can acknowledge that that is there, but you should not continue to put yourself in those situations. I guess I also just don't love Wilson talking about not putting yourself in situations where you'd be tempted because it's like, well, it's not like... it's. I I feel like it's not like Tim is ever going to actually have an affair it's more just it's on some level it's emotional cheating if tim is continuing to have this very intense day after day relationship with this beautiful woman he's attracted to who shares his car obsession hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well yeah i mean I, the thing that i can't i don't know okay so I, i'm not sure quite how i feel about all that the thing that i it's one of these hidden things, you know, the magic tricks that you were talking about earlier that you don't pay attention to when you're just trying to follow the episode is like, well, what's what's the solve here? Uh, Tim can't work with his mechanic and therefore he can't give her business anymore when he shouldn't be working with his mechanic anyway. So just because she's a woman means she can't get the business from him because he has an attraction to her. That's also big time bullshit. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? You're right. 
I agree that is big time bullshit. And I guess, again, I totally for yeah, I I in, in that assessment, I totally forgot. It's not like she's his friend or something. It's just <laughs> right. she's a professionally hired to do it. He can just stop having a weird relationship with a professional doing a job. Just like leave your car there and come back when she's done. What's I mean? Like we don't need to have anything but a transactional relationship here. Why? Why do? What, what is there to make amends with? He doesn't need to bring her into this at all. He doesn't need to explain anything which he is doing in this next scene. And you know, it, it's a Tim. I, I'm talking, I guess, in, in reality, what Tim does here is a very Tim thing. Uh, yeah. But, like, from the writer's perspective, like, this is not, yeah, this, this should just be a transactional relationship. <laughs> just just pay, pay her what she asks to fix your car, pick it up, drive away, and, you know, if she did a good job, consider going back to her for your next Mustang. I, yes, no, I, I com- complete complete agreement. Yeah, it, it, it. I think there's nothing wrong with occasionally patronizing someone for service. Well, okay, let me be clear about what the services are. But like, I don't know, going to a restaurant where there's a cute waitress on multiple occasions, or like, you know, there's a there's a checkout person at the grocery store who you think is attractive. That's totally normal to have to have that, and there's nothing wrong with going there and just seeing a person in the course of your day to day life who is attractive. the The real issue is is showing up at their place of work all the time, which is basically stalker behavior. I actually want to know. I I really have questions about Alex's part in all this because we she doesn't have she's a mechanic. That's her part. Well, no, no, no. But like, like just like what must this be like for her because we see her when tim first arrives then we see her and tim taking the car on a test drive and then and then after that it's just tim referring to oh yeah tim's been over there every night this week oh they've been working on the car blah blah blah. like is alex just like trying to get to work on the car and then tim is knocking on the door like hey thought i'd help you out and like every day and she has to be like who the fuck is this guy but like i have to be nice to him like like that that's like a whole, business yeah that's he, all he's yeah. A, he's a big celebrity he could be bringing in a lot more business to me yeah that's, there's this is there's some sort of uh yeah prisoner situation going th- on here th- there's a really fucked up power dynamic at play where it's mm-hmm. like she feels like she has to has to go along with his bullshit because he probably has the power to wreck her fledgling business i don't know if her business is fledgling maybe she's doing very well um i this whole episode could be a lot darker than it actually like this episode hints at darker <laughs> stuff yeah oh. well no, i i think what it's it i think it's the lack of acknowledgement of any of that stuff which th- that's i think what i was trying to get to earlier although i i didn't connect the dots till now is the lens that we look at it through 2023 is like they they don't even see dots in 1999 no we see it you know 25 years later uh and but you know, they're not even acknowledging those sorts of things. Yeah, I there's like a whole dark comedy independent film that you could make out of exploring the real issues at play in this episode of like yeah. of of why why do why are you what lies are you telling us to make excuses for why you're going over to help out your mechanic every night of the week and <laughs> what is your mechanic feeling having you showing up and expecting to work on this car seemingly the only car <laughs> Tim's Tim's having his American beauty moment <laughs> uh you know well it 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 does not it the episode does not end like american beauty i guess fortunately 
uh, because, uh, you know, Tim Tim goes to Alex's shop and basically just launches into this whole spiel about how you're a good mechanic, but I don't want to work on the car with you anymore. Let's just finish the, the job and I'll take it back. It's not you. It's just, uh, you know, you're a very attractive woman and I'm attracted to you and you're probably attracted to me too. And midway through him saying this completely unhinged thing, uh, it, uh, Alex's boyfriend comes in and... Uh, kind of deflates what Tim is saying and she sends her boyfriend back outside for a second and and Tim says sorry I'm an idiot and she says no you're just a man a really attractive man you know you kind of remind Gross. me of my father uh I and then the Tim's reaction to that is just it befuddling my my reaction to that is very different from Tim's because <laughs> yes okay I, I do you have more from that scene or do we want to launch into the implications of that scene Let's launch. <laughs> Are the implications in the scene with Jill coming up? Uh, well, well, yeah. Like the next. That's that is yeah. the next scene. Is the scene okay? With yeah. Jill. Let's go into that because <laughs> again, I think they're just not acknowledging a very blatant thing with that. But go ahead. I, well, okay. Well, and that's. I think that's what we're going to come to because in the next yeah. scene, Tim comes home to Jill. He, you know, very genuinely apologizes to her and says, what I did last night wasn't okay. I, I am attract. I, you know, I am attracted to Alex, but I'm not going to work with her anymore. She's not attracted to me. You know, it's not, you know, he, he apologizes for being dishonest. He feels very bad about everything. And he talks about how, yeah. And she told me that she, that I reminded her of her dad. And, and it's played as like this thing where like, oh man, that means that I'm old and she's young. And the way Jill is written to respond to it is like, is like, oh man, that sure is rich. Ha ha ha. I'm loving hearing yep. that. Yep. It's like, I feel like anyone who's been studying psychology for years might <laughs> see like, oh yeah. Yeah. A woman's relationship with her father can frequently does influence her relationship with romantic partners. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah. Her saying that out loud is like, okay, yeah, wow, you're you're again hinting at something much darker in in this episode, uh, and and the show just takes it as like uh, like a cream pie in Tim's face. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's something that I don't know if it almost feels naive, but I don't know how anyone can be that naive. I mean, it, I feel like even in 1999 when I was watching this, I would have picked up on that. But what do I know? It's weird that the show just thinks you're going to take that at face value. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. The the whole thing with her boyfriend coming in. I just like the whole thing is like, oh, Tim's Tim's humbled because he's reminded how old he is. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's not even remotely what the episode was about. <laughs> the, not the issue here. The uh, That is yeah. not the issue. Right, right. I don't know. I just, uh, everything about it, I mean, it's kind of, maybe that's the whole, like, result of it being a patchwork episode of, of taking scraps from other things is like, well, in doing so, you kind of lose the thread of what is at stake here. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. Um, it, it is, it is, yeah, there's, the through line has been, has been cut up and it leaves you... Like I think I think what is so galling. We've, we've also dealt with with Tim feeling too old and too young, you know, with the 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 college students. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is which is another episode where 
it's sort of like, ah, you can't hang out with college students all the time. You can't hang out with your own college students and go out partying and drag racing with them. Why not? Well, it's because they're kind of rowdy and impolite. It's not because that's a blatant <laughs> violation of, of your ethics as an educator. It's not because right. you are too old to keep up with their lifestyle of staying up all night and eating pizza. No, it's none of that. It's like this other obscure thing. I... I <laughs> And and I think it's what's galling about the episode is that it just it's it sort of expects us to to see her boyfriend come in and her say that thing to Tim, highlighting the age gap, and that that like makes it all okay. It's it's like oh yes, well of course, well there's there's no way that an uh, an older man would uh, date a younger woman. That's just that no, it's ridiculous. What a what a hilarious concept. This surely there could never be any attraction there, and this was just all this was just all imaginary. Uh, yeah. Like uh, and that that too feels like the the you know male fantasy like the the get out of jail free card like mm -hmm. you know the the sort of like having guilt over having a male fantasy and you know doing your bare basic admission of it and getting off you know not scot free necessarily but like. I don't know. It just it feels everything about it. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jill ultimately, uh, you know, they, they make up and she says this sort of thing happens and I wish it hadn't happened on our anniversary. And Tim says we, he wishes that it hadn't happened at all. And he, he, he displays yeah. genuine remorse. And then they they wind up talking about uh, the first time he told Jill he loved her, which was when they were 19 and they were on her front porch. And then uh, Jill's dad came out and chased Tim off the porch with a saber, which is a... A funny memory uh, that I like to have of a character who we who we've lost sadly, um, <laughs> and then they and then telling this story, Tim looks at Jill the way that she wished that he had been looking at her the other night at the restaurant, and they kiss and make up. Um, you know, so yeah, I I I, I agree. Uh, they you know t because because the show keeps minimizing the actual stakes of what was going on here. The fact that Jill forgives Tim makes sense because the show has told us, oh, it's really kind of just about a cell phone call basically during dinner. That's it. So yeah. Tim does a cell phone call on your anniversary level of apology for a, a just a, just an iceberg of, of uh, deception <laughs> and, and strange inexplicable behavior. Oh God. And I'm, you know what? We're, we're two guys trying to dissect this a little bit and i'm sure there's other icebergs that you and i aren't even touching so oh yeah yeah no i'm i'm certain we go to the stinger where yes. brad is going into the shop uh and he's uh he's ready to make his move on alex uh checking his hair in the side mirror says uh hey you know you can you can work on my car sometime and uh, oops, it's not Alex. It's a dude with long blonde hair that looks like Alex from behind. Okay, so hour two of our podcast begins now and will go on for uh, another probably three hours. This scene suggests something to me. Oh boy. I, Alex has never once mentioned having other co-workers at the shop. She never talks True. about that. It seems like it's a one-person operation. Does this suggest that this whole... And also, Jill never meets Alex. Nobody else meets Alex. Admittedly, there is a picture of her in the car with Tim, yes. But that traffic light camera is probably pretty grainy, and the printer is not good, so it could be kind of blurry and hard to tell, aside from long hair and a slim build. 
Uh-huh. What if what if there was never a beautiful female mechanic that Tim like hallucinated or dreamed the whole thing because of other <laughs> shit going on in his head and he thought that this long-haired guy was actually a beautiful woman and Tim just actually had a genuine male friendship and this guy was so confused the whole time. <laughs> Much better uh, show. I love it. Play the X-Files theme. If that were if that were the episode, I mean that is kind of it is basically the twist from the movie Joker, where we realize, as has been sort of clear if you're paying attention, that the woman he thought was his girlfriend the whole time was just his girlfriend in his imagination. Like it, yeah. it would be kind of like that. And unlike in the movie Joker, I wouldn't roll my eyes, but I would say yes, that makes me recontextualize this and like it better. If Tim has been, <laughs> if Tim is, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it just it then then the question of like why does Tim keep showing up? At random time, like it's all just Tim is so desperate for a genuine male friendship that he's done all these things, <laughs> and that and that it's somehow easier for him to process it to to let his whole family think that he's actually having an affair potentially than to just admit no, there's just this guy I really like, and we have a good time hanging out and working on the car. <laughs> I I love this. It, it's 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 better. I, it, that is that is one place where uh, where I think that this episode could be plussed up. Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree, and we are in agreement. Um, Truman. Landon. Shall we go into character actor corner? Yes, we shall. Was okay. there Unless there's anything this? else with the episode we didn't talk about. No, 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 there was not. Let's go. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in reverse order, uh, starting with this gentleman at the end, the mechanic. Uh, okay. <laughs> The reason I said play the X-Files theme song is you might recognize him as one of the lone gunmen. Oh. This is Dean Hagland from oh, the X-Files. Okay. All right. Uh, he played Langley on the X-Files in all of its iterations. Uh, and he, he saw the, the parody X-Files episode of Home Improvement from last season. It was like, I got to get in on this. Yes. <laughs> exactly. He has 39 credits uh, here playing Guy. He played mm-hmm. Guy. Yeah, well, he is a guy. Um, going back to 1993 in a TV series called Street Justice, mm. where he played Junkie. <laughs> okay. Uh, he was in The Commish. He was in an episode of Sliders. Uh, Love Honey, it. I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. VIP. Mm. And... Is there anything else I want to mention? I don't think so. Truman, was he on ER? I mean, I want to. I feel like ER would just pair so well with VIP and sliders on <laughs> on a '90s character actor's filmography. So I'm going to say yes, yeah. just because I want it to be true. Oh. Okay. Um, what we want doesn't always come to fruition. I'm sorry, oh. he was not on an episode of ER. You can't always get what you want. You um, can't. Okay. Well, that's that's okay. a shame. Who else we got? Going, continuing backwards order. Uh, Alex's boyfriend, Richard Jenick, mm. uh, is the character actor. He has nineteen credits. Okay, going back to uh, a short film right before this. So, Home Improvement is his first official uh, credit, playing Greg here. Yeah, he has appeared on Without a Trace, Grey's Anatomy, The West Wing. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. When the Grey's Anatomy overlapped with West Wing? I mean, I think so. It's been on for legitimately two decades at this point. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, 
modern that's right it started before i even moved to la holy Mm -hmm. shit Mm -hmm. yep those doctors have been fucking the whole time we we might need to switch from the er game to the Grey's anatomy game i I mean as we get deeper into the show it'll make more sense well we're about as deep into this show as we can get so (laughs) uh and he was on an episode of desperate housewives modern family was he with his 19 credits on an episode of er i'm gonna say no he was not on er you are correct, oh, Richard yes. Jenick, not on ER. Okay. Sorry, bro. Yeah, sorry to that guy. Uh, so, is there anyone else on this episode? Anyone else we worth mentioning? We got two more. Oh, two, two more. more. Jenny McCarthy Wahlberg. Yep. Oh, boy. Stop 51 credits. Um, she goes back. Let's see what her first credit is. Her first credit is on still- Silk Stockings. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> um, playing playing totally- Hot Girl? Totally positive brush model. Oh, okay. Uh, things to do in Denver when you're dead. Mm. Baywatch. Uh, she was on an episode of Mr. Show. Of course, okay. we all know her from basketball. Uh, basketball. Mm-hmm. Yes. She had a brief cameo in Scream 3. She did the sitcom circuit uh, with the Drew Carey Show, Wings, um, Just Shoot Me. She was parodying her parody in of Scream in Scary Movie Three. No, that's uh, I. I mean, you gotta you, you gotta make that. That's that's planning ahead. You know, you you <laughs> do a cameo and then you parody the cameo. That's how you keep the checks rolling in. <laughs> uh, she did an episode of My Name Is Earl. Mm. Uh, was she ever with fifty one credits on an episode of ER? Was Jenny McCarthy on ER is really kind of like a, a capital B big question that, that, that you have to think about for a second. Um, and that, that says a lot about culture. Uh, I'm going to say no, she was not on ER. It does not seem like the kind of show that, that would you know want to capitalize on, on an MTV-type audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. You're right. She was not on an episode of ER. She did appear on Charmed, and mm. she appeared in, uh, I just saw it, John Tucker Must Die. She mm. appeared in Chuck, Two and yeah. a Half Men. Yep. yep. Uh, and International places. Ghost Investigators. Oh, okay. Okay. Where she uh, was playing herself. What What country did she investigate a ghost in? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, it didn't. I'm, I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet Lithuania, but we'll, we'll check that out and we'll update you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lastly, we've got the, the boy rodeo Ah, star at the beginning. Yes. Ty Hillman is playing Ty Cisco. Mm. Uh, he has two credits. Mm. Home improvement is the other ER. I'm going to say new. Are you just going with the numbers on this one? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, it's basically based on the numbers. But again, if if this kid was only on Home Improvement and then an episode of ER and called it quits, that would be kind of a perfect place for us to be ending this uh, this uh, podcast. So, like, we, we would just if, stop now. If that were the if that were the case, I'd say we end the ER game. Uh, yeah, that we we can't get any better than and, that. That's and, a, that's a that's a royal flush, and, and a grateful nation would thank us with tears in their <laughs> eyes. Uh, uh, Ty Hillman was not on ER. You're yeah. right. Uh, what, what was the he other? 
credit is the uh, um, Robert Redford movie, The Horse Whisperer. Oh, okay. That makes sense. He's kind of like, I, I, I see a, a theme developing in his body of work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool. Yep. Cool. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yep. That's really yep. good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, so Landon, that, that, leaves, that yeah. leaves me with a question, which is how many grunts were there in the course of this episode with its many character actors? The thing is, Truman, I have the question for you, mm-hmm. which is, uh? it felt a little sloppy and wild. It felt sloppy and wild, but so is Tim's behavior in this episode. I think that if you're if you're <laughs> if you're not a little bit sloppy and wild, it's not really a grunt. Like a, right, a, a right. tidy, responsible person does not grunt at all. You know what? I just figured out what my problem is with the grunts. Is that just I'm, now I'm being too I'm <laughs> I'm being too intellectual about it. Yes. The whole thing about a grunt is that it's primal. It comes from inside. You don't yeah. think about it. You just do it. Yeah. 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 Now, do you think this is the first time you've had that revelation on the air, or are we recycling bits of old podcasts in, will... our, in our quest for grunt content? I'll never tell. Oh God, there's there's something that we've not done before. <laughs> although with a, although with a, now at least though this episode didn't start with me going, hey Landon, you know how sometimes you do that coquettish voice and say I'll never tell. Boy, it would be weird if you did that again later in this episode. <laughs> we just let the running gags come. Uh, you're right. Okay. How many grunts are in this episode is an easy one to answer this week. It's a big, fat, whopping donut. Oh, well, actually, Landon, it's... I, I hate to tell you this, because we I know how much we love donuts on this show. It's not a donut. Oh, I'm in a zero. Oh, I see. Well, it's it's also... I know how much we love zeros on this show. <laughs> uh, both, both Japanese fighter planes or the movie Less Than Zero. Uh, but uh, no, also, it's not a zero. Are you sure about that? I'm I'm sure about that. Final answer, Regis. Uh, incorrect. the The correct answer is zero. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, this is. I. I mean, I guess that's how the show works. Lord knows, I forget our format every time. So, what do we do next? Uh, how many? <laughs> how many t- grunts were there? And where Tim, were they? When Tim is in the car with Alex and she's talking about uh, all of her all of her siblings, all of her male siblings. She's talking about how she knows, you know, all about, all about, you know, they taught me how to belch the alphabet and everything. And Tim goes, oh, woman of letters. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay. three, three grunts. Three grunts for burping the alphabet. That's uh, Although, that's what we get. I, I will admit, a woman after letters is was a funny line. It is kind of a, kind of a funny bit. Kind of a funny bit there, nestled in the middle of an iceberg. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. No, I just I thought about it. I was yeah. I knew I was gonna do you, it. You can't. You can't think about it. it. You can't pre. You can't plan a grunt. It's just gotta come out. Yeah. No. It, mm-hmm. The the grunt plans you. Really, this is what I is what I've always <laughs> said. All right, uh, Truman. What did we learn from this episode? Uh, we learned that you you gotta just. You gotta just be honest with people about stuff, like especially if you're on a sitcom, but also just if you're in a relationship. Uh, you need to be honest with yourself, and you need to be honest with uh, your partner, because no matter how innocent your intentions may actually be, the fact that you are concealing something for an extended period of time uh, is always gonna look bad. It's just, mm-hmm. and it and it isn't just gonna look bad; it is bad because uh, honesty is the cornerstone of relationships that's that's what i learned this week i didn't know it before 
I've been wildly dishonest in all of my relationships. My name isn't even <laughs> Truman Caps. Uh, but what? starting now, starting now, you're getting the you're getting the real McCoy. Okay, that's your name, Real McCoy. <laughs> that's that's my name, Real. It's it's uh, it's Spanish. It's Real McCoy. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn? <laughs> oh God, I learned this week that the world doesn't need or shouldn't have to revolve around males' attraction to women. Oh. Interesting. Uh, I'm saying it doesn't have to. It does, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, just because a person, just because you have an attraction to someone, shouldn't that person and the world and the, the system surrounding that person should not have to be affected by whether or not you can control yourself around them. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to explain. <laughs> Well, let me. You got to be honest with yourself about the attraction for one thing, uh, which Tim comes around to here. But you, you, if you have an attraction to someone and you're in a happily married <laughs> Hour marriage, three. you all right. You you get what I'm saying. I, uh, I I don't need to I don't need to say it because I won't say it. Well, I, I I love that that we have this segment on the show that both of us know is coming and we're both so caught off guard by it every time and we are left at the end of a lengthy recording session in a in warming uh recording spaces trying to find something profound to say and just just watching ourselves both crash and burn it's it's a good thing it's a good it's a good piece of podcasting it's so good. Just like this show, which our patrons help us make. If you want to help us finish the show right, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod, where for as little as a dollar, you can get access to our entire library of Gruntwork Nights episodes. Uh, that's gruntworkpod slash patreon.com, but that's backwards. Do it yeah, the other well, way around. Yeah, hold a mirror up to it after you've written it. And what you see then will be the actual URL that you should type in. I started so strong. Uh, leave us a podcast review or a rating wherever where, where you listen to these things. Uh, it, helps, it helps somehow. Um and you can say hi to us on Instagram or Twitter. Nope, no Twitter. Yeah, you barely can. Instagram. Just try to try to find us. I dare you. Hey, yeah, you know, uh, what? say hi to your loved ones. You don't need to talk to us. We don't <laughs> like. We're not. We're not your mechanic. You don't need to be intimately involved in every moment of our lives. <laughs> um, what comes after that? Website. Our webs. You can visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Our new website that our patrons helped us pay for. Thank you. Uh, once we had a malfunction in the system. A malfunction. And, um, fuck, we're at hour two. I'm going to sign off by saying next week we'll bring you season eight, episode, oh man, 18. Oh Truman, man. We're going to oh. be down to our last 10. <sighs> so T, T minus 10 starting yeah. next week. Okay. The, the countdown begins, ladies and gentlemen. Don't miss it. I have been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, red light cameras are illegal in multiple states because they violate the Sixth Amendment's Confrontation Clause, which gives defendants the right to confront their accuser in court. However, criminal justice reform advocates argue that using automated cameras for traffic enforcement reduces the risk of officer-involved shootings. So in this TED Talk, we're going to explore the delicate balance that exists between conflict.